Slice Audio. It's September 23rd. I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a different recording room because we've got all the the normal home slice podcast studio stuff set up for Cowboys because it's rodeo week. And not that you care, but I'm in a different room. Uh, it's uh, so this week. This week, if this is not a, necessarily a plug, but it's actually pretty cool here. For the first off, for those of you listening outside of South Dakota, like maybe you're in a bigger city. Yeah, fucking, I'm telling you, we're going to rodeos in this state. It's half insane, but it's also good. Like. You got to be able to do both, right? Like you can you can reasonably socially distance and masks if that's your thing. And I'm not getting in the middle of that. So don't give me it's not my fucking rodeo. So don't give me shit for it. Anyways, I'm gonna go. I went to rodeo last night, and you know you're drinking a bunch of whiskey and you're shooting the shit with your friends, and like them bucking horses get real close. We're kind of right up against the railing, and when they're on the other side of the arena, I always think, man, I could ride a horse. I wonder if I could. Like, not be a professional person, but, like, it'd be fun to try riding a bucking horse. Then they get, like, real close to you, and you understand that's really stupid. I do want to try bulldogging, though. I feel like I can, like, not well, but I feel like I could do it. I feel like I'm built for that physically. Someone wants to set that up. Don't tell anybody at Home Slice, though. Holy shit. Um... <laughs> Turns out I can't ride a horse. Never mind. <laughs> it's fun, though. This rodeo is cool. If you guys don't know anything about rodeo, which I don't know anything about rodeo, but, like, this is what I know. So so th- this rodeo that we're, that we're involved with all week, it's, it's called the Pro Tour Finale. It's from Gold Buckle Beer Sponsor. It's a Rory Lemel Bucker. And it's really interesting because this thing is not supposed to be in rapid city. It's usually North of Seattle a little bit. And it's the last rodeo to see who makes it into the NFR and it's happening in rapid city. So like the best cowboys and cowgirls in America are riding this week. Do you call them cowgirls? I don't know if that's accidentally insensitive. I don't based on the production things I see in the rodeo world. I think the last thing the rodeo world's going to give two shits about is, um, non-binary genders <laughs> I don't believe that's that's a I don't believe that's a short-term problem in the rodeo world I believe I believe they have a pretty, very clear stance on that um which you know whatever that's your deal okay um I can't I don't have access to any of the any any like mailbag stuff so like murdochjones.com keep leaving all that stuff um, I'll get to when I can record in the normal studio, I'll pull that stuff up. We're just going to talk about some stuff. Um, let's thank some advertisers first, uh, book VIP dot com book VIP is our, um, it, that's our first kind of partner on this show. So, uh, here's how this works. Okay. Book VIP can save you an average of 83% on your amazing vacation destinations, including Cancun, and you can go to Cabo, you can go to Costa Rica, you want to go to Orlando, they got shit in Orlando too, man. How do you get these deals? Well, support this show and go to MurdochJones.com. If you go to MurdochJones.com and you click on the book VIP, it's like right there. Can't miss it. 
That's how I get a little bit of credit for that deal. So if you like this show and you like saving 83% on your next vacation, go to MurdochJones.com, clickety-clickety on the book VIP, and everybody wins. I sure appreciate it. There's your ad for the show. Um, Hey, remember last episode? I'm fucking serious about this. We can fix QAnon. I have the ultimate fix for QAnon. We write Ted Nugent a check for whatever Ted Nugent needs, start a GoFundMe or whatever, and then Ted Nugent is just like, like those QAnon dudes will listen to anything Ted Nugent says, and so we're just going to pay Ted Nugent to be like, listen, there's not a thing <laughs> that involves selling kids' blood or whatever the fuck they talk about on QAnon. I can't even stomach it. Like, Ted, Uncle Ted is just going to set everybody straight. I'm not kidding. I want to start that GoFundMe. That might have to be... We might have to actually do that. Oh, that'd be funny as shit. Be a good way to get some listeners on this show. Hey, while we're on it, slight internet etiquette. Um, stop answering satire stories. Like, The Onion and The Babylon Bee aren't real. You look like the world's largest dipshit. If you are answering those, like if you're commenting, you see it like it'd be something funny that the onion does. Right. And you'll see in the comments, like one of your older like friends and hope to God it's not a relative where they're like mad about the headline and that they don't because they don't understand that it's, it's they're just being funny. Like the, the story is fake. It's like on purpose. It's satire. I assume you know what satire means. And like you'll never believe another person, another thing that person says. So like I'm talking to you, Q and honor. Quit, quit answering on Babylon B. Um, let's see. You know, you know, I had this funny experience. So I'm at a stoplight and, um, there's these kids in the lane next to me and they're, you know, they're, they're messing with all the people around them. They're just like kind of staring at them and it like they do it to me and and like I'll, yeah I'm in I'm up for the challenge that's a game right so I'm staring back at him and then finally I started laughing I just couldn't do it anymore <laughs> and then they did it to the next guy kind of kind of like on the other side and the guy got all pissed off about it like he was mad mad about these like they're just kids man like so this is this is my thought this is my if we're gonna have like, remember a couple episodes we're doing dead dad lessons because my 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 uh, my one of my children is only gonna listen to this after I die because he doesn't like podcasts. So here's the lesson. That's that's how you stay young. Stop getting unreasonably mad at kids when they're just fucking around. They're just at the stoplight staring at you. They're not causing any problems. Just calm down, dude. Or like skateboarding. Everyone gets mad at skateboarding kids. Skateboarding kids are awesome. Um, we should have 10 times as many kids skateboarding around any town in America. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, stop getting mad at skateboarders. You sound like the world. Like, just put on some white socks and some sandals if you're going to be yelling at skateboarders. Can you think a little younger? Jesus. <laughs> I don't know why I'm like, I don't, I'm not actually this mad about it. But like, all of a sudden, I'm mad about it, which apparently I've been told because my good friends at Black Hills Tire, Weston and Denise, have become fans of this show, which is really, it's really strange, like, when, when people who, like, you actually, like, they're, you know, they're, like, they're friends, I care about these people, but they also listen to this thing, like, it's a, I don't know, it's a level of anxiety I have to get used to again, because I haven't been on the microphone often, um, 
anyways, first off, let's just give Black Hills Tire a plug because they're my friends and I can do whatever I want on the show. And like, they want to advertise on it, but I'm not going to let them. Like, now, come on. Just next time you need a tire deal, go to Black Hills Tire. Those guys are badasses. Anyways, they think it's funny as shit when I just get mad at these things. But I, but like, I don't want to get typecast into the dude who just yells about shit either. But apparently that's just who I'm going to be. They had a, oh, first, first, let's talk about this. They caught my first goddamn retraction I have to make. This is just infuriating that I have to admit I am this wrong about something. I was talking about Robin Ventura. Remember Robin Ventura when he charged the mound and Nolan Ryan, Nolan Ryan beat the shit out of him? And in my head, like in my head, etched into my memory, Robin Ventura was a Chicago Cub. And a simple Google search to tell you that he was a Chicago White Sox. And, 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 like, it just hurts. I, I consider myself a very, like, an accurate, moderate Cubs fan. And that is not something an accurate, moderate Cubs fan would do. I apologize to the Cubs nation. So thank you. I'll, I do appreciate the retractions, though. So as do be like Weston and Denise. When you hear something and you're like, this is just 100% bullshit. We're going to build a little retraction section on MurdochJones.com, and we'll just collect the funny ones as they go, and that's going to be the first one. Apparently, I'm that stupid. And, like, I, I'm pretty sure I say from time to time some pretty inaccurate things. So, like, if you're listening to this show and you're like, man, that guy knows exactly what he's talking about. At any given time, as a total guess, I think I'm wrong about the 25% of it at least. And that's only because I'm such a narcissist. Anything higher than that would be insulting to me. So it's probably realistically closer to, like, I don't think it's 51% wrong. But I bet it's maybe, I could see it in the 30s. I bet not, though. I bet if you, I bet if you give me enough time and then give me enough time to change my mind on things, I bet you about 90% of the time I'm right as shit. <laughs> but let's just go with a sandbag 25% and maybe we'll call it even. Uh, they had a great bit idea, though. Remember back in the day we did... Um, the most famous South Dakota citizen. I'm sorry. The most famous South Dakota rock acts, music acts, and they were like, they were wondering who the most famous South Dakota citizens are. They listed a bunch, but I'm going to let everyone else chime in on this, right? Like, who are the most famous South Dakota citizens ever? I think, like, here's initially who I think of: Bob Barker. I think I believe was born in South Dakota, like in Pine Ridge, maybe. Um, what's her name from? The Dukes of Hazard, um, the Daisy Duke lady. What's her name? I gotta Google that. Uh, Daisy Duke, Daisy Duke, Catherine Bach. That's her name. I gotta tell you, and I'm not trying to rat out Catherine Bach, but I interviewed Catherine Bach once, and she was mean as shit to me. Also, we interviewed this. Who is the other dude on that show? Hooter, Booter, Cooter. Was there a Cooter? Shit. Hold on. Let me, I gotta do a little, I gotta do a little Dukes of Hazarding here. There was a Cooter, right? Cast and characters. Okay. Uh, Cooter Davenport, Mr. Ben Jones. We interviewed Ben Jones once, a hundred years ago. He was, had some book out or something. And he was an asshole, kinda. But like, we didn't know. Here's where he's in the clear. I'm not trying to like, that's the rudest thing ever is to not give someone an opportunity to defend themselves. And I realize that. But like, we didn't know, you know, his name's fucking Cooter, right? And, and like, which, by the way, is not, um, 
that's not a vaginal nickname. That that's that's a big freshwater turtle that lives in the south where these rednecks grew up in this fake show. Dukes of Hazard. Anyways, Hazard County, so it is, right. Um I think Cooter got real into then into the Jesus, you know? <laughs> and we didn't know that at the time. Although, to be fair, he came on a program that was called X-Rock Morning Wood. That was the name of the radio show, which is super embarrassing. But, like, what, what did he, did he think we were going to play Guess the Fucking Bible Chapter? Like, what the, what did you expect? So, in, in our defense, you should have saw it coming a little. But in his defense, I can't just, I shouldn't just be calling him an asshole right now. And Catherine Bach was kind of mean, too. But like I think at the time she was there was a bunch of stuff on the internet about a bunch of like horrific plastic surgery and I'm awfully sure that's what we immediately talked about. I can't remember why. I'll dig it. I got to do a little research into the, into the into the history of me here. I got to find out why Catherine Bach was mad at us. She was mad at us though. Oh, South Dakota citizens that are non Dukes of Hazard related. Um, you know all the sports people. Brock Lesnar has to be up there. Um, Laura Ingalls Wilder, if you want a literary reference and like actual long-term legendary fame, that's got to be up there somewhere. Um, you know, there's a bunch of them, I bet, if I think about it. D. Court Hammett, who wrote the South Dakota theme, like our state song, Hail to South Dakota, or whatever the fuck it's called. He is from El Sister, South Dakota. He's the most famous El Sisterin. I'm, I'm trying, listen, man, if there's one thing this show is going to get done. I swear to Jesus Christ, I am going to be the most famous person from El Sister. And I know that is super petty. Like, I get it. But at the same time, like, I'm not asking to be king of Denmark or anything. It's El Sister. I feel like I can pull that off. Like, on the sign coming into town sometime in the near future, I fully expect that to say, home of Murdoch Jones. And they better throw a decent website plug in there, MurdochJones.com. I'm annoyed it's already not there. Which listen, I get it. This is this is this is this is it's unhealthy in my head. But at the same time, I don't think I'm wrong. Like low level of fame, like regional magician famous. I get what we're talking about yet. Like we're not all the way there. But like, I don't know, for as far as Elsister goes. Like I like I at least should be on the top ten, right? I'm not saying that there aren't other candidates. Maybe we do a little. Maybe we do a little candidate off. Get the. We'll get some. Get a little tourism business for the town of El Sister. You guys want a story from El Sister? Here we go. I thought of this a couple of days ago, and I'll tell you why. There's the the there. So we in South Dakota in our state, we're one of the last states that are going to deal with any of this uh, recreational and medical cannabis laws, and they're both on the docket this year. And it made me think. It made me think of this this story. Okay. So it's actually a couple of stories. The um, the D.A.R.E. programs in, in our hometown of El Sister. By the way, if you don't know how this works, I grew up in a little sleepy town in southeastern South Dakota called El Sister. A-L-C-E-S-T-E-R. Great town. I really liked going up there. I had a fantastic childhood. And it was small and tiny, and I and and like it, but and uh, and there's a lot of you know there's some closed off mindedness to that, but I had I had all of these killer really funny experiences, and we tell them here in stories from El Sister. So the Dare program in El Sister was lar- it was laughable. I think not that it was an, everybody was doing their best, <clears throat> and we had this class above us in high school which was filled with criminals, all good people but wild as shit, right? 
And so the, the we're all sitting in, the, you know, you sit in the school uh, gymnasium and they're doing like you have the principal comes and talks and then they try to give you inspirational things. Like a lot of them are bummers, right? Like the dude who chewed so much that he had to take his face ripped off and, and, the, and the guy who killed somebody as a drunk driver. Good lessons, all really smart lessons, but often they were just bummers. Well, one day we do this one where the where the there the cop is gonna. Tell, I don't want to rat out any names here, but the police officer is gonna tell us about the dangers of marijuana cigarettes. And then he had three, like as in part of the part of the demonstration. Like I don't know why this was meant to scare us. They just look kind of cool when you're 14 or 15. And but he's like, I'm gonna pass out three marijuana cigarettes. And, like, first off, we call them joints. Like, you sound like a dipshit when you call them marijuana cigarettes unless you're being ironic. But that's neither here nor there. So he passes these three three marijuana cigarettes, and everybody's supposed to look at him and be like, this is what it looks like. This is what we have to say no to. <coughs> Just the dumbest stuff. <clears throat> but at the end of it, so you pass, you take the joint, and you're like, mm, okay, and then you pass it on. And the cop was like, and nobody steal it. I know there are three. And he was really big, thought somebody was going to take one of these joints. Gets to the end of the deal, he gets past four joints back. <laughs> and, like, that's hard to do in high school. You're going to give, that's, you know, that's some real high school money you're going to give up for the joke. I still don't know to this day who did that. But my God in heaven, I have so much respect for them. Secondly, same cop gets the, like, apparently, I don't know if it was the county we grew up in or the town or whatever, but we were somewhere in the budget, we were afforded a drug dog. And let me tell you, some of you defund the police people. Let me let me take a swing at the uh, like realizing it's a bad name. Let me give you a perfect example. Union County, South Dakota has absolutely no reason at the time to have a fucking drug dog, let alone like a drug team. I'm not saying there weren't drugs. There were drugs and, and people were got in trouble and, and deservedly and blah, blah, blah. But like, here's maybe an example. A little town of 700 doesn't need a drug dog. And let me give you a perfect example of why. So back into the school gymnasium, we're doing a big presentation and it's, you know, every year we did, I think this might've been the year after or maybe the year before, I can't remember. And so you got to get sat down and you get talk drugs are bad and K, you get that speech once a year and like, that's good, right on. Uh, but he had this new drug dog and <laughs> there was like the big, like scared straight moment was like, and here's how good this dog is. So if you think you can hide your marijuana cigarettes, let me show you how this works. <laughs> so he has three boxes up on the stage and the dog just eats all of them because it doesn't know which one has drugs in it and which one doesn't. And maybe I don't think the cop maybe understand that, like, I'm, you know, without sound, trying to sound like Cheech and Chong here, like you can't put them boxes next to each other. Dogs can smell that shit from 18 miles away. Humans can smell it from 14 miles away. Like that stuff smells very strong. <laughs> So then this guy just had to stand there and eat that bomb. So, like, this is why this is so funny to me. You got to put yourself in the position of the of the cop. And I feel and I feel for him. It's similar to a comedian. He just told his big finishing joke and it got nothing but crickets. We didn't laugh because we didn't know if we could. We didn't. We just we just sat there and made this guy eat his bomb in silence. And then, to my recollection, I don't believe we ever had another drug dog story or a, or a presentation again. I don't. I, I think maybe even the Dare program folded by then. 
I don't. Do they still do the dare program? I don't remember having to deal with any of that with the boys. Um, there's your story from Mel's sister. Uh, I will tell you about my. Um, I ha I was. I was. I was legally detained in Canada on a similar version of this kind of topic. I'll save that for next time. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'd save it next time. I'll tell you now. So, like, <clears throat> this has nothing to do with Elsa's or this is just funny. Like, this is, let me, tell, this, let me tell you how a good drug dog is supposed to work and how dumb I am. So, like, when I was a kid, like, maybe just fresh 18, I got to spend a summer up in Canada, like, guiding on, a, on this on this on this fishing area way the fuck up north in camp like it ices off the ice comes off of the pond in like may or june and the ice is back on in september and there's bears everywhere like it is the arctic uh well i've talked about carl there's my my friend carl who passed away this it was his land and and he was this old german dude call and he had like seven fingers because he made cabinets and he ran a sled dog team and he killed a bear with a stick holy shit i gotta do a whole episode on carl Carl is just the most fascinating creature maybe in, in existence and maybe the toughest dude alive in the history of dudes. Anyways, that's where we went, way up in the Northwest Territories, like way north of Fort Smith if you want to Google map this show. <clears throat> and we had a big going away party, right? You got to remember, I'm 18. Uh, I, I'm not condoning any bad behavior, make, make good decisions. But like, so we had a big going away party and, you know, there's some, mar- some of those marijuana cigarettes that the drug dog warned us about. Or, or possibly around us at the time. And I wore the same shorts because I'm an 18-year-old kid and who gives a shit. And, like, you know, we got after it in a pretty clouded room. And, you know, that stuff gets everywhere. <laughs> so I'm in, I'm in Edmonton in customs. And I'm going, I'm walking. This is, how, this is, like, listen to how dumb I am. Like, this is how inexperienced off the farm I was. Like, I'm walking through customs, and, like, I've been through customs once or twice, but I'm, you know, by no means a world traveler. <laughs> and so there's this German shepherd sitting there. <clears throat> and it's, like, like I don't, I don't know if I thought it was a service dog. Like, I saw all the cops and all this stuff, but you, that's all you see in airports. Like, I'm used to seeing cops in airports. So he comes up to me, and he's kind of wagging his tail, and I'm like, Oh, get you, get you, good boy. Are you a good boy? Who's the prettiest German Shepherd? Just scratching his ears, having a grand time, and he's just wagging his tail, looking the whole thing. And I'm like, "What a good dog! Thanks, guys!" And I keep walking, and I get like three steps, <laughs> and these two fucking dudes put their 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 arms underneath my armpits and like kind of pick me up off the ground. And like, I'm not saying I'm Brock Lesnar, but I'm six two, two probably two bills at the time. Like, you know, I'm not exactly the easiest dude just to pick up. And they pick me up like cotton candy, and I'm like, and I freak out. I'm like, "Whoa, what's what the what the fuck's going on here?" And they're like, "That's a drug dog." And I start again. This is how stupid I am, laughing hysterically <laughs> because I'll, I'll uh, get you go go you the, I'm like you fucking traitor German shepherd man I was your I gave you ear scratches and they put you kind of like in the movies I'm in this I'm in this room with a with no windows and a door and like a metal table and two metal chairs and they smoke and they sit you and they and like you gotta sit there for a while like they intimidate you and then these you know super polite Canadian customers I mean Canadians are just by and large, they're generally the most polite people you'll ever meet. Canadians are salt of the earth, fantastic. Uh, they're just genuinely nice and sweet. They're nicer than Americans. It's just true. I know we make fun of you for it, but you guys are nice. And even these customs people are, I don't know what kind of, whatever agency they're with. 
And um, except one was a Mountie because I kept finding that funny because I, you know, Mounties are a little funny. So I'm in there forever and they kindly come in and, and it's like, what do you like? Are you bringing drugs into Canada? I'm like, I'm not bringing drugs into Canada. Right away, it's like, this is what happened. Going away party, wore the same shorts. You can, you know, test whatever you want to test. You can look through every bag. You, and like, oh, here's the thing. You got you to, like, my luggage at the time consisted of the world's largest duffel bag with no fold. Nothing was folded. Everything was just kind of thrown in of kind of the clothes I would need for the summer. And then a bunch of fishing shit, which is in long kind of like PVC pipe poles. And then this cardboard box with 8,000 pounds of duct tape on it, which was carrying a stuffed lake trout in packing peanuts because my old man caught just a giant fish and he made it, made a, made a mount for the thing up there, right? For the cabin. Anyways, that looks like is, it's the same packaging I think you would use to, to ship a bunch of drugs into Canada, which is the problem. And so they're like, okay, well, like, you know, do we got to go through your stuff? And like, you can go through everything except for the box. And they're like, well, why can't we go through the box? Like, there's a fish in there, man. Like, you, they're ripping apart all my stuff and there's shit everywhere. And like, it's going to take me forever to repack all this stuff. And they're going through all my fishing tackle stuff. And like, fishing tackle boxes are, are very neatly organized until customs agents go through it and rip every bunch of shit out. Because they're looking for drugs. I get it. They're doing their job. But they look at that box and like, there's sure as shit drugs in there. We The drug dog smelled them. I'm like, the drug dog is wrong. There are no drugs in that box. And by the way, I'm not insane. You don't drink. I don't, you, you don't bring drugs across the country. You don't bring drugs across city lines. You're like, come on. Anyways, they don't know that, so they're doing their job. <laughs> and they're like, well, we need to x-ray that box. <clears throat> like, listen, dudes, I've been here for like three hours at this point or however long it's been. You can do whatever you want. You want to x-ray that box? X-ray that box. You can x-ray it 17,000 times. But if you open that box, you're going to help me repack that box. Because my father and I, because he's a fucking lunatic, spent what had to be two hours perfectly pacing this giant lake trout in this box of packing peanuts and then put enough duct tape in it to have a Viking casket funeral made. And if we're tearing that up, you're helping me put it back together. Because if that fish comes to that camp with everything fucked up, then someone's buying us a new fish. They just x-rayed it and then, you know, gave me a fine. Again, Canadians are cool. <laughs> um, I'll give you a self-care September update. I'm doing good, man. Like, um, I'm down a bit. I think, I, although the rodeo is hard on your self-care September because that it certainly um, adds a lot of out, out, like booze is a tough one on this, dude. It's hard to lose weight when you're drinking and not even drinking, like drinking, like it's not like I'm drinking a bottle of whatever a day, like, you know, a couple drinks at the rodeo, but even that, like it just slows that weight loss down and then, and it's just enough to make it like, ah, man, McDonald's sounds like three drinks in McDonald's is a good idea. And then do you really think you're going to do that yoga class the next morning when you, like you're hungover and you ate that McDonald's, you, you feel worse. Not that, you know, like you just don't eat a Caesar salad at 11 o'clock. That's just not how that shit works. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking if you want to join me, October is going to be sober October, an alcohol free October. After self-care September, we got to keep this going. And, like, listen, I know sober Octoberism. Isn't that Rogan's deal? Is that what they do? Like, we're just going to be, like, we're going to take the month off from alcohol. Except I might start earlier because 
Dead Weird is in October. And it's just the most fun. It's like the most fun night of the year in South Dakota. But if I start, if like that's that's on like the 26th, or the 28th, right? So, you know, maybe I start a little early in September and I get the 30 days in. On top of that, I don't need to make it the whole 30 days. 27, 28, that's good enough. Like I really just want to, you know, get the body down to manageable. Like not a crazy keto, you know, just a little bit better. Half as often, half as much, half as often. But I think a month without booze is going to be good for all of us. Not in a 12-step, we have a problem kind of way. Just, a, you know, let's, let's, take a, let's take a month off from Jack Daniels and see how we feel. And then let's have some Jack Daniels to celebrate how good we feel. <laughs> All right, man. That's going to be it. Um, MurakJones.com, book VIP. That is where you can get your vacation deals. If you go to my website and you click on the book VIP link, it is right there on the homepage. It is easy to find. And you can get like right now, right now, there is a vacation deal in Punta Cana. It's an, ad- an adult luxury accommodation. Oh, sorry. My phone's ringing here. That was probably super annoying. And I'm doing it during the commercial read. God, what a professional I am not. So, like, you go to murnockjones.com and you go to uh, click on the book VIP link. And right now, like, right now, what should be uh, about, like, for $699, you can get five nights all inclusive with all you want to drink like a pig and all that shit if i can have at it you save 76 percent, and you go to murdochjones.com to get that deal that's happening right now these are real i've done it myself so thank you uh for supporting those guys and listening to this show and uh don't forget that your advice today to follow is to not comment on satire sites and to stop getting mad at young children for just having fun. I'll see you next week. It's time for the credits. I need to cut some credits. The Book of Murdoch. This has been a Home Slice audio production. This particular credits was recorded in Studio 2A. The executive producer is Mark. <laughs> He's in my cell phone as... Mark fucking Houston. <laughs> Executive producers, Mark Houston. Engineering, Chris Jaquez. I think it's Jaquez. I call him Jaquez. And he is certainly the smartest man at Home Slice when it comes to technical abilities. I'm Murdoch. I wrote this uh, photo and videography by Russ Danger Haddon. And all graphic design done by our chief brand officer, Robert Tiberius Henry. See more shows at homesliceaudio.com or check out the homeslicegroup.com. Thanks for listening. Give this a like or a share, and you have a great day. Mark has to listen to this, and he's going to be so annoyed, and that tickles my fancy. (laughs) So leave this goddamn piece in.